Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who's called Mal Evans, who's our roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bud Light recently came under fire for partnering with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. The company lost billions in backlash with, you know, even country stars speaking out. People like Travis Tritt, Kid Rock, uh, Bradley Gilbert did a concert recently where he took Bud Light to task. But you might ask yourself, why would Bud Light do this? Does anyone honestly believe that Dylan Mulvaney, this transgender influencer, sits around and drinks Bud Light? Does anyone honestly believe that Bud Light's customer base likes someone like Dylan Mulvaney? How does this happen where a company like Bud Light would choose someone to partner with, which is essentially giving their customer base the middle finger? We'll talk to Will Hild, who's the executive director of Consumers Research. He, he deals with this stuff on a daily basis. Consumers Research also launched something called Woke Alert, where people can sign up and find out which companies are engaging in this kind of woke left-wing nonsense. They've also previously launched television ads taking companies like American Airlines and Coca-Cola to task for their policies and going woke. But we're going to talk to him about this Bud Light controversy. Also, when did companies start getting so woke? And why do they continue to ignore us as a customer base, conservatives? Stay tuned for Will Hild. Will, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's the first time this is an important topic. Obviously, Anheuser-Busch has come under fire for partnering with a transgender influencer, Dylan Mulvaney. The company's lost billions of dollars in the backlash. Why do you think this one was different in terms of the company taking a financial hit when, when sometimes that doesn't always happen? Well, I think there are a couple of factors that played a key role. One, I think the egregiousness of what they were doing. I mean, it's insulting. If you just even watch the video of what Mulvaney did, it was frankly insulting to Bud Light customers. Uh, most people don't want to uh, be portrayed as Bud Light drinkers, you know, pretending to be a woman sitting in a 
a bathtub pretending to be a woman like that. You know, from the average Bud Light customer, it's like the opposite of how they think of themselves as some weirdo in a bathtub pretending to be a woman. And so I think that that played a huge role, just the egregiousness, how in your face it was, uh, the, what they were trying to do. The second thing is that it's a, it's, a re, it's a very much a retail product, right? I mean, this is something that people go and they buy at gas stations and grocery stores day to day. So it's very easy and very quick. They can make a purchasing decision. It's not. It's a little bit different than, you know, you know, stopping flying an airline or something, you make, make those kind of plans, you know, weeks or months out. So I think that that played a role. Uh, and then sometimes there's just a magic ingredient of why things go viral. And, you know, once they, the ball gets rolling, it, it becomes a snowball. And I think that that, uh, you know, turns into an avalanche. I think that that played a role here too. I mean, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, how would a company like Bud Light come to this conclusion of, yes, let's partner with Dylan Mulvaney and put our, you know, finger in the eye of every, you know, of, of our customer base, right? Like basically just giving a middle finger to the customer base. So clearly they had to have known that. So like, how would that be approved? You know, how did this even happen? It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a great question. And I think, you know, the average person has been scratching their head increasingly over the last decade is more and more companies have taken positions and done things like this, where you're going, are you just going out of your way to insult your customer base? I think what you really have to to do to understand this is to look at the ecosystem of a corporation and the ecosystem that they, they're within. And by that, I mean the corporation doesn't make decisions, right? People within the company make these decisions. And increasingly, uh, there are different portions of these companies that have different interests. By that, I mean, for example, a lot of companies have adopted what they call a DEI department, a diversity, equity, and inclusion department. And, you know, this was kind of billed as like the next evolution in human resources and just, you know, supposed to be more conscientious of you know, racial disparities. What it is in effect, uh, and I mean this both in the pejorative and the technical sense, is a cancer on the corporation. These departments exist solely to soak up as much resources and control over the company as they can. They don't care about the company's customers. In fact, they often resent and dislike them. And they see their purpose as, as utilizing their position within the company to push an ideology inside and out of the company. And so that's part of it. And, and nothing's been confirmed, but there are rumors swirling on Twitter that this had been approved. Inside sources had said that this was approved by a lower-level uh, marketing employee uh, who didn't get you know top level approval. Whether that's true or not, I think the entire incident speaks to the powers that some of these DEI and woke portions of the corporations have got. They're aided by another portion of that ecosystem, and that is a lot of times coming from above. These large asset managers like BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, they have been using their assets under management, meaning the, the shares they own on behalf of their clients, to push wokeness in a lot of these companies. So even though it's not their money, you know, BlackRock has about $10 trillion under management, but none of it technically belongs to them. It's in their, it's in their custody as a fiduciary, but they use it to pursue political objectives. And they go to these companies and they push, you know, uh, racial quotas, uh, far left social issues, LGBTQ stuff, pro-abortion stuff. Um, and they are effectively the owners of those shares until their their customers retrieve them from the company stuff, you know, fire BlackRock or State Street or Vanguard. And so for right now, you know, they they uh, they control 
large portions of these companies. And so you see that being pushed on them from above, in addition to these DI departments pushing it from within. But it does seem to be more in her face now. I mean, we saw this with Disney as well. You know, again, a, a company pushing values that are the antithesis of their, you know, customer base, uh, you know, with the, they're trying to push the LGBTQ agenda. So when did it become so in her face? And I guess, when did this all start happening? Well, as there was an increasing push to enlarge these DEI departments, they became larger and larger portions of the corporation. And a lot of decision-making now runs through those portions of the company, which is surprising because they don't generate any revenue for the company, right? It's not like it's not like the DEI, DEI department increases sales or creates new products. But there was this huge push uh, over the last you know, five to seven years to really start having all decision-making at the company run through these departments. So whether it's hiring and trying to increase you know, uh, minority representation at the companies or making sure that their uh, marketing was in line with whatever the social trend of, you know, political issue of the day is, um, you know, they, they've, uh, they've gotten a lot of power over the last 10 years that they didn't have. And so you're seeing them flex it more and more, even though you would think there's, you know, instance after instance of it backfiring on the companies, but it takes a long time once these kind of people are entrenched. We've seen this in academia as well, right? Uh, how many universities have had disgraceful incidences uh, because of these same types of, of individuals, but it takes a long time to get, once they're entrenched, it takes a long time to get, get them out. Well, you know, and it, it obviously seems like they're not concerned about, you know, diversity. They're, they're more concerned about pushing an ideology. What do conservatives do about it? I mean, part of the challenge too, is even if you look at the response to, to Bud Light and this campaign uh, that they did with Dylan Mulvaney, you know, there's a split uh, among Republicans as well. You know, some Republicans said, hey, they give us money, leave them alone. And then others said, no, let's put the screws to them. You know, so I guess how do we fight back when it, it seems like not everyone has the stomach for it? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and you're right. I think it, it kind of shows that there's even division within the conservatives on, on how to push back. I, I would argue I, I'm in the put the screws to them camp and, and not just purely out of spite, but there needs to be measurable changes made at the company that are articulable, right? Tell me, CEO of Anheuser Bush, how have you made sure that this will never happen again? I don't know if you read his apology letter, but it was completely milquetoast. It wasn't even really an apology. It just kind of was like, I'm sorry that this caused such a such a kerfuffle. That's not gonna, you know. I want to know, you know, we've we've revamped our marketing department. Uh, we've gotten rid of our DEI department. So and so has been fired. Uh, those are the kinds of things that the left has, that's how the left got to where they're at in terms of the power that they have within corporate America. They asked for definable changes in either power structure or staffing, um, or policy. And that's basically the right should not be satiated until we see, you know, articulable moves to our side on these things. The other thing we can do is start, and we're working on this in consumers research, we're we're pushing this in about 20 to 25 states is start taking away those big pools of capital, namely the state pension funds from these big asset managers. So, you know, companies like BlackRock again, and State Street and Vanguard, they should not be managing red state pension funds. They have policies on the books to push all this progressive left policies with their entire asset portfolio. So states like South Carolina and Florida that have money with these companies, those assets are being used to, to push these progressive left positions. And so we need to, we need to start working that those and move those to asset managers that, that will respect their fiduciary duty to these states and stop, you know, using them to simply push 
Democratic Party uh, platform agenda items. The only place I would agree disagree with you is I would also want to do it out of spite. So that would be the, (laughs) I would be, I would be be pro spite. (laughs) Well, that's a nice fringe benefit. I I would be pro spite. I I often say the only reason I wouldn't drive an electric vehicle is just because people are trying to push me to do it. So I, I, but you know, so you talked about the state pension fund. So that, that would obviously take uh, you know, the governor and take the state being interested in doing that as well, right? Yes. And, you, and you've seen a ton of states start to take action on, on that. Uh, Florida in particular has, has moved. West Virginia, um, Texas has passed a law that says if, if you have as a company policy that you're going to try and discriminate against a particular industry, and in, in their case, fossil fuels with all these net zero targets, then the state is never, no longer going to do business with you. You're not going to do our bond issuances. You're not going to manage our state's pension funds. You know, you're persona non grata to us uh, as a vendor. And you're seeing that start to spread throughout, like I said, there's about 20 to 25 states this legislative session this year that are considering similar legislation on that issue. And that's what it's going to take to turn the market because other states like California and Illinois and New York and New Jersey for years started saying that if you wanted to, if you wanted to be a customer of CalPERS, for example, the California pension system, then you had to agree to use all of your assets under management to push net zero. So they basically allow uh, hijacked all of the red state pension funds by doing that because the red state pension funds didn't object until now. So putting it into that, bifurcating the market, saying you can't serve two masters, you can't, you can't use our money to do California's bidding and New York's bidding, that's going to that's gonna hugely dampen the ability of BlackRock and, and other big asset managers to, to push, push this kind of nonsense. I do think, and I don't think people always realize how smart Governor DeSantis is here. I live in Florida in the way that he uses government to fight back and against you know some of these you know, the woke, right? And, and trying to, to defeat them. But it, but it does seem like more and more Republicans are, are finally coming to the conclusion that, you know, playing nice like we used to is not going to get the job done when the left is capturing every institution in America. It's absolutely true. And as a fellow uh, Floridian, uh, Sarah Soton, myself, um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think what Governor DeSantis has done has been fantastic and is, should be a model for all other Republican governors who, who care about defending uh, freedom and liberty in the country. Um, one of the pushbacks we sometimes get in our efforts is that this is somehow anti, anti-free market. You know, you've got the government coming in and saying, you know, what companies can and cannot do or they'll stop doing business with them. But that's already what's happening. California and New York and New Jersey are telling the market, the asset managers, that if they want to do business, if they want to get these huge amount of, of billions of dollars that, that their pension funds have, that they have to, to sell out the interests of these other states. There's only one way to solve that. If you had a lawyer that was giving away you know, private information of yours to, to uh, uh, another client of theirs in return for, for money, you would fire that lawyer. Well, that's what's happening. These big asset managers and big banks are selling out the interests of red states on behalf of their blue state paymasters. And so there's only one way to solve that. You have to fire them. Yeah, see, I look at it as survival. You know, what what hope do we have if we have no power, uh, you know, moving forward? So, you know, I, I think the battle lines look different than, than they used to when, you know, we've got, you know, every institution working against us and trying to punish us just for simply being conservatives. Quick commercial break. More with Will Hill. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. 
with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What else would you like to see from governors or, or see from Republicans to try to push back on some of this nonsense? Like what what else could they be doing effectively? Well, I think they, they basically need to look at enforcing a lot of existing law around fiduciary duty. The other thing that I think really raised the question, this is an antitrust violation. Many of these asset managers are members of groups like something called Climate Action 100, and another one called the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. I know that's a, a mouthful. Sometimes it's usually just referred to as GFANS. But in order to join these organizations, what you promise to do is to pursue net zero targets, coordinating with all the other members in this organization. Well, what effectively that means, it's, it's, that's like if you got together all the owners of all the oil companies in the world and said, hey, we're all going to agree we're going to decrease production by 10 15%. Well, if you put it that way, everyone would recognize oh, that's, that's obviously an antitrust conspiracy. Uh, that's you know textbook. 
they've effectively done that. They just, they just call it net zero, but it's the same thing. And I think increasingly states looking at that, looking at that avenue, the Sherman Antitrust Act allows states the, the, right to, the right of action against these companies. And I think if you start seeing a bunch of lawsuits against BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard and, and even the big banks that have also signed on to this stuff, like Citi and um, J.P. Morgan Chase and BOA and Wells Fargo, I, I think it will, it will end it very quickly. The good news for us is on this front is a lot of this woke capitalism stuff is pushed by conspiracies that are illegal. They're violations of, of you know, long existing fiduciary duties and, and long existing federal statutes against antitrust. But we haven't, to your point, we haven't had the political will to simply enforce the law. And that has to change. I'm looking now and I think, uh, where is it? There are 22 Republican trifectas in the country right now, 17 Democrat trifectas, 11 divided governments. So there is absolutely no excuse for 22 of those Republican states to be doing everything they can under their power to push back against this stuff and to make companies, you know, punish companies that are, are pushing a woke agenda and pushing an agenda that's actually, you know, uh, hurting uh, Americans as well with what we see with the, you know, some of these environmental stuff that they're doing. Uh, you know, I don't, you, you guys uh, just launched recently, you know, woke alerts. Talk a little bit about what that does and some of the specific things that you guys are doing at Consumers Research to, to push back against this stuff. Absolutely. Well, in 2021, we launched something called the Consumers First Initiative. It's an ongoing multi-million dollar ad campaign to name and shame companies that go woke in order to distract from their misdeeds in the market or their mistreatment of their customers. We spend millions and millions of dollars uh, blasting the brands of companies like American Airlines, Nike, Coca-Cola, BlackRock, obviously, Ticketmaster, MLB. And the next phase in that, one of the things that, that when, when we launched these, people kept coming to us, like, where can I find out what companies are woken up? When, when, how can, I, how, can you guys tell me, you know, who should I be shopping with? And so we came up with this idea of, of woke alerts, meaning we, it's a text message-based system. You can sign up on our website at consumersresearch.org, and we will text you uh, when there is a, a, a company that goes woke, sometimes it's a big story like the Bud Light. Sometimes it's a company that's flying under the radar. They're going woke and, and they hope no one finds out about it. And we're going to put it into that. So it allows consumers who, are, who, are, who care about when corporations are undermining their, their values to know about it and to be able to do something about it. And so, uh, like I said, people who would like to sign up can, can visit our website at consumersresearch.org. And you've also previously launched uh, ads against companies like Coca-Cola, American Airlines, you know, talk a little bit about some of that work uh, in terms of trying to, you know, target them and ads on cable stations as well as local markets. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, we, we spent millions of dollars uh, tarnishing these, these companies' brands because what we realized was the companies that were the wokest and most likely to go woke it, they often had some of the worst skeletons in their closet. And it became very clear that what they were really trying to do, the real game here, was they wanted to distract from those issues. They would cozy up to woke activists and woke politicians. they get really glowing coverage in the New York Times, the Washington Post for signing onto a letter condemning Georgia election integrity legislation or Texas election integrity legislation or whatever the, the key issue was. But in reality, they were some of the worst defenders. Like take Nike, for example, obviously they're famous for having Colin Kaepernick, you know, uh, you know, call America, what, you know, white supremacist nation and compare the NFL co combine to, to a slave trade. Nike has had decades of issues with, uh, uh, sweatshop labor. And right now they have a huge problem 
with slave labor in China being used to make their shoes. And that's according to congressional, like a congressional report. In fact, at the same time that they were attacking the Georgia election integrity legislation, they were quietly lobbying against a federal law that would have barred products made using slave labor in China from entering U.S. markets. They wanted an exception so that their shoes could continue to increase. So the hypocrisy, I mean, I'm not one for pointing out hypocrisy because it doesn't really do much. These people are pretty, pretty blatant sociopaths. But I do think the average consumer needs to understand that when they see a company go woke, what that usually means is they have, it's projection. They're doing something probably worse than what they're accusing the other side of. And, and we, we're simply going to call that out. It's not going to work. Uh, our idea is simply to, defeat, you know, there's no reason to go woke now because if you're, if you're trying to distract from those issues, we're going to put a spotlight on those issues. Coca-Cola also had issues with the same thing. And American Airlines is one of the worst run airlines in America. Um, the, same, you know, the same year that their CEO uh, got a $10 million plus uh, pay package, they had to go to Congress for a $4.5 billion bailout. So, and, and that's a, that's a company that goes out and, and starts, you know, preaching to Texas about how their election should be run. So, you know, we're, we're always out there. We're going to be continuing that you're going to see more and more campaigns come from us. Uh, and to any of anyone in C-suites listening, uh, you're, you're on notice. Uh, if you go woke, uh, we, we will and can, can and will come for you. Also think it's, you know, easier to target these companies like Anheuser-Busch or, or, or Disney where, you know, they need us more as a customer base. I don't know what Nike's uh, breakdown looks like in terms of consumers. I did stop wearing Nike's. I will say that. I wear Adidas now, although they probably are just as bad, which is the sad thing in a lot of this. But after the Kaepernick stuff, I said, all right, enough with this. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we go? I would just say that, uh, you know, ESG, the, the, that's driving a lot of this and the, and the woke capitalism stuff, this is something that your elected representatives can do a lot about, but it's not, it's not often the sexiest issue. It's not the easiest thing to talk about. I would just ask for people that are interested in, in listening, call your elected representatives, no matter where you are in the country, let them know, let your governor know, let your attorney general know, let your treasurer know. You care about these issues and you want to see them do something about it and you support them doing something about it. That makes a huge difference. Never underestimate the importance of phone calls from uh, to, to your elected representatives. They don't always get as much feedback as you think they, they, they might have. And just hearing from you that you care about this and you want them to end this wokeness in corporate America makes a huge difference. No, I mean, I, I know they pay attention. You know, I used to be a staff assistant on, on Capitol Hill way, way back in the day. And I know that, you know, the, the member I worked for would ask me, you know, where the calls lined up on certain issues sometimes. So they do pay attention. Also, uh, the culture war stuff is more important than anything, in my opinion, because if we cease to be a free country, nothing else matters, you know, so that's kind of, uh, you know, the most important thing. Uh, Will Hild, uh, Executive Director of Consumers Research, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. And, and then where can people, I know you had mentioned the website, just mention it uh, one more time. Absolutely. That's consumersresearch.org. And people can follow me on Twitter at, at Will Hild. That's W-I-L-L-H-I-L-D. Cool. Will, thanks so much. I appreciate you taking time to join the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was Will Hill with uh, Consumers Research. Appreciate him taking the time to join the show. Appreciate you at home, as always, for listening every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Leave us a review. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Until next time.
Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com/lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com/lisa. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.